Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 046, Thanksgiving. That's right. Wake up call 046 Thanksgiving. Hey, this is a Thanksgiving special wake up call. At the time of recording this, this week, Thursday, of course, I mean, Thanksgiving's always on Thursday, but this week is the week of Thanksgiving uh, here in the United States of America. I know we've got some international listeners, so you'll enjoy this as well, I'm sure. But I want to go off that simple word, Thanksgiving. Of course, here in the United States, we celebrate it. It's uh, the first Thanksgiving I was reading up on it, I believe was in 1623 uh, with the pilgrims, about 50 some odd pilgrims and about 90 or a hundred Native Americans, they came together and they celebrated and had a feast that lasted for several days uh, in thanks to God for the great harvest that they had had, the first harvest that they had had of, of learning how to plant and live and survive in this new world for the pilgrims. And in fact, what's interesting, the day before it, they had a day of fasting and then the, then the next three days, they had some days of feasting, celebrating that harvest. And then wouldn't you know it, afterwards, two weeks of unusually warm weather and rain came about. And the harvest had another bumper crop one last time before the end of the year. I think that was really interesting. I never knew that till I was reading and studying up on that today, um, preparing for this wake-up call that, hey, after a time of prayer and fasting... And then celebration and giving thanks to God, God blessed them once more. And I want us to think about what is Thanksgiving? Now, again, I'm not talking about turkey and cornbread dressing and pumpkin pie. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to keep talking about it because I'm going to get hungry if I do that. What I'm talking about is the act of Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? We see this word particularly all through the Bible. But what is Thanksgiving? I want to read a Old Testament scripture and a New Testament scripture, and I want to cover a couple different points about biblical, spiritual, scriptural Thanksgiving. Psalms 100. I'm going to read this entire psalm. It's five verses. Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Notice that's verse 4 of Psalms 100. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. And then I want to read Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Or excuse me, verses 15 and 16. 
Hebrews 13, starting at verse 15. Therefore by Him, Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifice God is well pleased. Thanksgiving is the believer's sacrifice. That's what I have written down. You know, in the Old Testament, of course, there was the Old Testament form of worship of animal sacrifice, blood sacrifice. In fact, if you go to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, we see where God tells Moses and the people of Israel and the Levites who would be priests in the priesthood that would prepare these sacrifices for the atoning work uh, of the Old Covenant sacrifice system, which was symbolic of what Christ would do at the cross for us, he tells the people of Israel and Moses that the life is in the blood and that at the shedding of innocent blood would be the remission or the forgiving of sins, atonement, the payment of sins, the payment for the debt of sin. And so we can see in the Old Testament there were sacrifices of all different types. There were peace offerings, there were sin offerings, transgression offerings, uh, there were uh, the, the yearly atonement, um, there were celebration type offerings you could have. There were many types of sacrifices. Well, we find ourselves here in the New Testament as Christians and as believers, and Hebrews 13 tells us that we still have a sacrifice that we bring. But in fact, what Hebrews goes into great detail about we ourselves are not sacrificing bulls and goats and heifers and, and turtle doves. But what we do, of course, the sacrifice for sin is Christ. And He's paid that completely and fully. And we, by faith, we receive the blessing and grace and benefit of that provision and that sacrifice that He made at Calvary. But you and I, we still have a sacrifice that we can bring. In fact, Hebrews 13, 15 says... We continually offer sacrifices of praise. Now, how do we offer sacrifices of praise? That is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to His name. As you praise God, as you give thanks, thanksgiving, as you worship the Lord, you are offering up a sacrifice of praise. I wrote this, Thanksgiving is a reality in the kingdom of heaven, in the economy of God. Thanksgiving is a supernatural force that is God-ordained. It's a command of God, yet in the same moment, listen, listen to this, the cheapest way of advancement in the kingdom of God. Man, that's good. Thanksgiving, it's a supernatural force. It's ordained by God. It's a command of God, but it's also the cheapest way of advancement in the kingdom of God. So, let's define what Thanksgiving is very plainly. Thanksgiving to God is a precious sacrifice. It is worship. It is praise of the lips. In fact, in this language here in verse 15 where it says, let us continually offer up let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. That that's literally means to slay, to offer up, 
to like a slain or a, a slain animal or a sacrifice, just as an animal would be slain and brought to an altar, given as a burnt offering to God, so we lay down, offer up our praise, our worship, our gratitude to God. Our praise, your praise, literally is an offering. It is a sacrifice. Psalms 50 verse 23 says this, Whoever offers praise glorifies me, the Lord speaking, and to him that orders his conduct, how he lives aright, will I show the salvation of God. We offer up praise unto God and we give God glory with the praise and worship of our lips. Now, it's not just the worship or service of our lips because verse 16 of Hebrews 13 says, but do not forget to do good and to share with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So we see there's different types of sacrifices. And truly, if you're really thankful, you'll live in such a way to show God that you're thankful. You know, true thankfulness will cause you to carry yourself in such a way that you honor God with everything you think and you say and you do. So worship and thanksgiving, it is, you may, maybe you're thinking, let's give some examples. Thanksgiving could, it literally is when you go to church and, you know, you, you sing songs and worship and sing hymns and clap and dance and praise God among a fellowship of believers. That's thanksgiving. You know, I'm a worship pastor. Some of you that are listening, we go to church together, so you know that. And we sing together, we clap, we dance, we give up shouts of praise, and you know, we bow our heads. We, sometimes, the, uh, depending on the, the moving of the Holy Spirit on our hearts, maybe we weep, maybe we're silent, maybe we're joyful. Nonetheless, we are responding to God's goodness and giving thanks to Him. But it doesn't just have to happen in church. Thanksgiving can happen anytime, place, And I suggest that it should, and I believe that it does in your life. Because we the faithful, we want to respond to God's goodness. And how do you respond to good, God's goodness? Lord, thank you. Have you ever found yourself doing that? I know I have all the time. And, and, and it's good to have a posture of thankfulness, a posture of gratitude. I mean, it's just like something by the hand of God takes place in your life, and you're just, Lord, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord. You just can't help but say thank you. And that's what we do. We offer up a sacrifice. Just as in the Old Testament, they would bring forth a costly sacrifice. Because they would either have to rear and raise these animals themselves, or according to scriptural commands, they could take money if they were a long journey away from the temple they could or the tabernacle before the temple was built they could take money with them and purchase a costly sacrifice a lamb a heifer a bird depending on their how much money they had how wealthy they were poor whatever the sacrifice was what it was for for what purpose and they could purchase it there but nonetheless it cost them something cost them time it cost them money it costs them um, opportunities because anytime you choose to obey, you've also made a decision not to do something else, right? And it's no different with us. 
When we make a choice to give thanksgiving to God, we have chosen, we've made a choice, I'm going to use my words to glorify God, to love on Him and give Him thanks. Thanksgiving also is saying what God says. This word here in the Greek, in Hebrews 13, 15, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name, literally means to confess. The fruit of our lips, confess, confession or confession of His name. That Greek word is homologia, which means confession is made, giving thanks, a promise, to say the same thing as another, to agree with assent, not just saying the same thing, but agreeing in your heart, in your mind, and then repeating the words in agreement with your heart and your mind. To declare. It also means to profess one's self the worshiper of one. Do you know and do you realize that when you confess, say the same thing that God is saying, that is a fruit of your lips, that is a sacrifice of praise, and that's thanksgiving. Maybe you've never thought of it in that way. But when you agree with God, you renew your mind to His truth, believing in your heart, and you declare His word, and you repeat what He says, believing it fully with faith in your heart, that's thanksgiving to God. God is well pleased in that. God is well pleased when you say what He says. When you confess what God says is true and you say what He says, God's pleased in that. Let's think about it. Let's think about it in terms of our identity in Christ. Religion would say, well, you know, you're just a dirty, rotten sinner and you're just mandated up and you're limping by and maybe one day if you're, if you, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's, you'll stumble into heaven. But what does God say? God says if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, and confess Him Lord of your life, you shall be saved. And when you do that, you're made a brand new creation. Old things have passed away, all has become new. So if we want to show God thanksgiving, we won't say, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner just barely trying to get by. Hopefully one day I'll stumble into heaven. No, we'll say, Lord, I thank you. By grace through faith, I'm saved. And because I'm saved, I thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ. Lord, I thank you. Old things have passed away and all has become new. And you can do that with every promise of God. You can do that with prayer promises. Lord, I thank you that when I pray in the name of Jesus, I have what I ask for. John 14, John 16 both allude to that. Both, not allude, both directly say that. Jesus says that in both of those passages. In that day, you're not going to ask me anything. You're going to pray to the Father in my name, and I will give you what you ask of. John 16, 23 and 24. And you can keep doing that. Lord, I thank you that I am healed and whole. Because you said you are my healer, and that by Christ's stripes, Isaiah 53, 5, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, by the stripes of Christ, bearing witness that healing was purchased for me at the atoning work of Christ, uh, on Calvary, I thank you that I'm healed. 
In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that I have peace. I thank you the peace of God that passeth understanding. It is my portion, and I have peace. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not confused. I'm not filled with anxiety and depression. I'm filled with the peace of God that passeth understanding. When you agree with God and you use the fruit of your lips, your words, to agree with God, that's thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving is also a scriptural command. Notice this. We read it. Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. Now, I take things very literal. We should take the Word of God literal. And where there is figurative language in the Word of God, we should find out the literal meaning for it so that we can apply it to our life. Point blank, Psalms 100 verse 4 does not suggest, it doesn't say it would be a good idea to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It says, enter in, well, thank God we can enter in, enter in to his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. There's four commands. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. Four commands. You might think, well, I've never thought about it. But that's what it is. It's a command, isn't it? It's a command. Look at this. Psalms 95 verse 2. Psalms 95 verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. There it is. Two commands. Come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise with psalms. So we see here, it's a scriptural command. When we are giving thanksgiving, when we give worship, when we honor, when we praise the Lord, we're being obedient. You know, it's not like we're just trying to butter God up to get something out of Him. We're obeying Him. We're obeying Him. I wrote this, to enter into the presence of God is to be before the face of God. And thanksgiving gives you access to God's faith. Excuse me, God's face. Let me read that again since I stuttered that last part out. Listen to this. To enter into the presence of God is to be before the face of God. Thanksgiving and praise and worship gives you access to God's face. Wow. The key to entering into the presence of God is thanksgiving, praise, worship. That is a wonderful key to have. Let us gladly turn the lock and enter into the presence of God. There is no greater place that we can be than in His presence. And thankfulness, worship, praise, adoration opens that door for us to enter in. Let us boldly enter in. Now, I want you to see this. This is interesting. You may have never thought about it this way. But do you know that thanksgiving, worship, praise, adoration, giving God thanks, it carries a supernatural power. It carries a supernatural power. Now, I've already alluded to it, but thanksgiving gives you entrance to the presence of God. 
1 Kings 8 and 22 says this, And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands towards heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath who keeps his covenant and mercy with your servants that walk before you with all their heart, who has kept with your servant David my father, that you promised him and you spoke also with your mouth and you fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Solomon is dedicating the temple. And what takes place is, notice 2 Chronicles 7, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, they all have they are all the same information or the same people, the same kings and prophets. But First and Second Kings is a history of the kings, obviously. First and Second Chronicles is a history that was put together later by what we believe Ezra concerning the kings. And it gives like the, basically the history of revivals, the five revivals that took place in Israel and Judah. So Second Chronicles 7 verse 1 through 3 says this, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, that prayer we just read, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. The, excuse me. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves down with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good and His mercy endures forever. Solomon prays this prayer. He gives God thanks. He gives him thanksgiving. He gives him worship. He gives him glory. He thanks God for, for being faithful to his promises. And what happens at the end of that time of praise and worship and thanksgiving? The power and the fire of God comes down and consumes up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord so richly fills the temple that no one can stand in the presence of God. They all bow down, face down to the ground, prostrate before the Lord. They are completely before the Lord, worshiping Him. Thanksgiving, worship, and praise gives you access, gives you entrance to the presence of God. Worship, thanksgiving gives you supernatural victory. When we look in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I don't want to misspeak here. I believe it's King Hezekiah. 2 Chronicles, no, it's King Jehoshaphat. See, I was about to misspeak. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we have King Jehoshaphat who is going before three armies, Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir or Edom. And Jehoshaphat goes before the Lord and says, Lord, you see these, this great mighty army. Actually, three armies come together as one. Oh, we, we can't go out in our own strength. We're relying on you, Lord, to be our defense. And the prophet comes to Jehoshaphat and tells him, Tomorrow the Lord's going to fight your battle. Verse 17, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And so the Lord tells Jehoshaphat, 
When you go out, put the worshipers, the praisers, the people that are giving thanks to God, put them out front. Verse 21, And when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of His holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And as they went out with the praisers, the singers, the worshipers from the temple, going before the army of Israel, praising and giving thanks to God, the Lord, an angelic host, angelic warriors went forth and set up ambushments, spiritual ambushments, so that these three armies turned on one another and killed one another. And when they get there, there's nothing there but dead bodies. The enemies that had come to kill them had killed themselves in chaos and confusion, holy chaos and confusion by the hand of God. And all the Israelites had to do was go and all the, all, the, all the people of Judah had to do was go pick up the spoil of war because they sent forth their worship and their praise first. Thanksgiving allows God to move on our behalf and fight our battles. Look at this. Thanksgiving, it demands multiplication. Thanksgiving will demand, make a demand of the power of multiplication. This is supernatural, y'all. John chapter 6, you know the story. Jesus is going to feed the 5,000. Andrew finds a young man among the crowd who has five loaves of bread and two fish. And he brings that young man, and Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fishes, and what does he do? He blesses it, and he breaks it. In fact, let me see here. John chapter 6, verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Jesus gave thanks. He blessed the meal, if you will. But he really did. He blessed that meal, and he gave thanks. And what happened? Five loaves of bread and two fish supernaturally fed 5,000 men and their families. Thanksgiving brings multiplication in your life. When you're thankful for what you have, truly thankful, it will open the doors for more. Thanksgiving ensures answered prayer. In John 6, we saw Jesus multiply the loaves and fishes, but when he goes to raise Lazarus from the dead, notice the prayer he prays, John 11, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Notice Jesus says, Lord, I thank you that you hear me. I thank you that you hear me now and that you always hear me. And I'm making thanksgiving out loud. I'm saying out loud that these things that I'm thankful for so that others can believe. Psalm 66 verse 8 says this, Oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of His praise to be heard. You know, when we are thankful to God, not only does it inspire other people's faith, it inspires our faith, and it ensures answered prayer. Thanksgiving, because remember, Thanksgiving, part of Thanksgiving is saying what God says. 
and being thankful for it. And when we do that, it ensures prayers are answered. And lastly, what does Thanksgiving do? Thanksgiving glorifies God. Psalms 50 verse 23 says this. I've already read it, but I'm going to read it again because it applies so plainly right here. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation or his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. God is pleased in our thanksgiving. God is pleased when we give Him thanks, when we give Him honor. So it's very simple. Why should you give God thanks? Why should you be thankful and return to God with the fruit of your lips, with words filled with faith, praise and worship to Him? Why should you do that? One, it's your only reasonable response. It's only reasonable to Give God thanks and be thankful and return to Him worship, words. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for saving me. That's only reasonable. Psalms 100, our main Old Testament scripture we use for this wake-up call. Verse 3, our Lord is creator. He's made us and we're the, and we are His, the pasture of His sheep. The sheep of his pasture, I'm sorry. Psalms 100, verse 5, the last verse of that psalm. He is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures forever. So that's why we give him thanks. We give thanks because we want to be in the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to be in the will of God? Then be thankful. Be thankful. It's not we're to give thanks in all things, not because we have to be thankful for all things, but that in all things we know God has not left us nor forsaken us. And even in a bad situation, even when Satan attacks, we're thankful that we have a Savior, a Redeemer, and one who will bring us up and out and has given us the victory. Thankfulness is just a characteristic of being a Christian. You know, we see the early church in the book of Acts, the, book of, the, the last few verses of the book of Luke and the book of Acts. We see that it's just normal for Christians to go about continually in the temple. They're praising, blessing God, worshiping God. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 tells us that we are to show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. And lastly, we give thanks because, you know what, we're indebted to God. James 1 verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, no changing, neither shadow of turning. Because God is good, and He is perfect, and He is kind, and He is merciful, and I owe Him a great debt, I will forever be thankful to Him and for Him. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me for this Thanksgiving special wake-up call. I really do appreciate you listening. I'm thankful for every time that you share, any way that you can share, whether it be on Facebook or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to share this to the Instagram story, I would appreciate it. Tag me in it. I'd love to see those things. I'm really thankful for you. I pray that you have a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving week. And if you're listening to this later on, a lot of people go back and listen to episodes when they find out about the podcast. I pray that whatever day or season you're listening to this podcast, that it would be regardless a week of thanksgiving. Because truly we have so much to be thankful for. Because our God is holy, He is pure, 
He is kind. He is merciful. He is just and loving. And He is our God. And we are the faithful. Hey, I'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.